welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another faith-building message by Pastor David Entry. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. May your knowledge of Jesus Christ increase as you listen. Be blessed. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 6. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was preached did not enter because of disobedience. Again, he designated a certain day, saying in David, today, after such a long time, as it has been said, if, if today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Do not harden your heart. Let's all say it. Do not harden your heart. Please say it again. Please say it for the last time. The problem is not with you hearing the word. The, pro- the problem is a heart condition. It's the state of your heart. So, if you hear his word, do not harden your heart. For if Joshua had given them the rest, then he would not afterwards have spoken of another day. Verse 9. There remains therefore a sapatismus for the people of God. For he who has entered his, his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Verse 11. Let us therefore be diligent to enter the rest, in that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. He said, this is too much in our face. To ignore the warning. The book of Hebrews is a book of warnings. The book of Hebrews is trying to, in fact, in the book of Hebrews, God is not depicted or presented as the God of love. In the book of Hebrews, God is depicted as the God of righteousness. As we, as we proceed further later on, I will talk a bit more about that. But the book of Hebrews has five major points of warning. I, can, I will call it pressure points. Five major points of warnings. Be careful. You remember the first one we saw? Said, How can we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? And then he went on to talk about beware, lest ye. All right, Hebrews chapter 3. Verse um, 12 and 13. Beware. Take heed. And so he keeps giving comparisons. And first of all, Hebrews is interested in a book of comparison. Comparing Christ to every good, everything you can call good in your religious experience. Watch this. This is very important. I said this some time ago, but I know some of you missed it. And I'm going to say it again. It sounds interesting. Jesus Christ is better than the God of the Old Testament, even though he's the same God. The way he deals with us, the way we know him now, is different from the way he deals with them. You understand? It's the same God. But Bible says that, but in the last days, has spoken through his son. He used to speak in In the last days, he has changed the approach. Dispensational. So, then he compares him to the angels. 
Then he compares Jesus to Moses and shows us that Jesus is better than Moses. Then he begins to bring out the significance of the work of Moses. Moses is not just the law. Moses is the one who brought them out of Egypt. So Moses brought them out of Egypt. The reason why they came out of Egypt, how many of you remember the reason why they came out of Egypt? They left somewhere to go somewhere. Where was their destination? The promised land. Thank you very much, Canaan. So he, he brought them out of Egypt in order to bring them to Canaan. But somewhere along the line, something got missing in transition. Those who came out of Egypt could not make it to the promised land. And he says that it's the God's oppression in the modern day church is similar. So he now lifts them, the Old Testament says, he, 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 he brings their example and shows it to us. He said, be careful lest you, this is what you can be like. So Hebrews is the same thing. He said, be careful lest you become like them. I guess what I'm saying. So that's why he brings the Old Testament says, and Hebrews chapter 3, well, as soon as he starts, he starts comparing Jesus to Moses, he changes by talking about Jesus, the, the builder of his own house, 3 verse 6. Then he says that, you know, as we are, if, if, if we hold fast the, the, the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end, then the next verse, he quotes, brings a quotation of Psalm 95. And that opens up a whole new, uh, so Psalm 95, quotes from Psalm 95. The next verse says, therefore, the Holy, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear verse 8, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. You just read it, remember, in chapter 4. So he quotes that scripture and begins to expound the scripture and begins to say that it was written in Psalm 95 by David, but it was actually pointing to the day of rest, one, and it was talking about the people in the, in the wilderness because Psalm 95 says that he bared with them for 40 years. Because of the stubbornness of, of their hearts, they didn't change. And so they didn't enter his rest. And he said, David said it again that today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. And the, the writer was saying that if the rest was still not valid, David would still have not been speaking about it, saying today, after so many years. That's what we just read in um, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 6. 6 towards 8. He said, but if Joshua had given them rest, all right, Hebrews chapter 4. He said, for if Joshua, J Joshua or Yeshua, or some of you see Jesus, had given them rest, then he would not afterwards have spoken of another day. That means that Canaan was not just the rest. There was another rest. That's all the point he made here. And so, so then that means that, that go to the next verse. verse, verse so there, there remains, therefore, because that's not the original rest. If that was the original rest, it's done with, and let's forget it, let's divide, no matter. But there's still a rest for the people of God to enter. There remains a rest for, for the people of God. Do you see the point? So there still is a rest for the people of God. It's not just Canaan. But he brings them, he talks about the, the Canaan experience because the Canaan experience that shows us the deliverance of God or the, the three stages of the salvation of God. The three stages, Egypt, wilderness, Canaan, Egypt, wilderness, Canaan, Egypt. Let's say it together. Egypt. Wilderness. Oh, come on, go hear you. Egypt, wilderness, One more time. Egypt, Louder. Egypt, Ladies. Egypt, Men. Egypt, so this is Egypt, this is wilderness, and this is Canaan. 
So everyone comes in from here, gets moved from here, and you can't get here, you have to pass through here. And he's warning people here that, listen, I don't know where you are at the moment, but this work God has done in you, there are many here to go. So if you do not check your heart, if you do not check your heart, you will miss out on the rest of God in all the two stages, which is a reward. First stage is in your life, your walk with Christ. You ask your Christian, you will enjoy it. You know you can be a Christian and not enjoy a Christian walk? Oh, yeah. They are struggling. They are struggling. They are just there. They are, they are genuinely born again. But they are just there. Mm. They, just, they, they don't read their Bibles. They don't pray. They go to church once in a while. They, if they, they can't be bothered. They will live like an unbeliever. They are Christians, but they live like unbelievers. Do you know those Christians where they are? They are still living in Egypt. In their flesh. And there are other Christians who are also living. They, they try, but it's, they always, their feelings, I'm not excited, I'm not happy, I didn't like it, and, 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 and feelings, and, and the way I think. And, 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 they are not like unbelievers, they, they, but, but they are thinking and they are everything in the soul. Body, soul, and spirit. But your Christian life is supposed to live in your spirit. So he, he brings them, he brings the ch children of Israel and then brings them before the modern day church who are the Hebrews, the original Hebrews. And he says, you have to be careful. You have to be careful. So he, the book of Hebrews is, is warning, warning, be careful. This is the government, we are talking about the kingdom, the expression and the government of God. Be careful. Even though you have been given the privilege to enter, you can miss out. You can, you can miss out. How many of us are born again? Yes. But not all of us will be raptured. Some will still stay for the tribulation. <laughs> not all of us will be raptured. Now, let me go back to the text. This is good. I've been telling you, you'll be blessed. Verse 8 again, chapter 4. If Joshua had given them the rest, he would not afterward have spoken of another day. Verse 9. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his own works as God did from his. Mm. Verse 11. Yum, 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 yum. Verse 11 says that, let us therefore be diligent. There's no future for the lazy man. Even to enter rest requires diligence. 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 You can't live haphazardly and enjoy God. You can't live anyhow and enjoy the blessing of God somehow. It's it. We said, let us, verse 11. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. This thing has entered my spirit before it's coming out. So I'm, I'm actually enjoying it myself, man. It reminds me of word of truth. I'm, I'm, get, I'm enjoying, I'm telling you. Watch this. Let us therefore be diligent to enter the rest, lest 
anyone, anyone, including a bishop or a pope or someone just go by, anyone falls according to the same example of disobedience. So said, I'm talking to this, I'm talking to you about these guys. But you, that's why I'm warning you, you have to be careful, lest you, any one of us, fall after the same example of disobedience. Are you ready for this? Why is he saying that? Why is it that we should be careful? Watch this, watch this, I like this. Why is he saying we should be careful? Remember, where did he quote from? Psalm 95. That's where this whole resting came from. Because he was talking about Jesus and Moses. Jesus in his own house. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6. Jesus and Moses. Then he, after said Jesus, we are his house. Whose house we are. So the comparison with Christ, between Christ and all other important figures of the Old Testament, will come back. But for some reason, it was paused. It was halted so that we can be addressed and be warned. Because you see that you go to the high priest. After this, is going to Jesus as the high priest. But he warned us. And so watch this. In chapter 3, verse 6, he speaks about we are the house of God, whose house we are. If we hold fast the confidence and the, 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 the confidence and the rejoicing of our own faith to the end, then verse 7, he quotes. Verse 7, as the Spirit said, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, as the Spirit, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, that's from Psalm 95. Then he began to show how this thing he was talking about, the Spirit says, he kept repeating it about four times, as the Spirit said, quote, if today, if you hear his voice, today, today, someone say today. today. Someone say today. today. Not tomorrow, not yesterday, it's today. God is dealing with you in the now. I don't know who God is talking to. God is talking to you in the now. God is interested in you taking the steps in the now. Don't postpone, don't say I will do it tomorrow. In the now. Time, actually, time is not on your side. Time is running out. You are running out of time. You are running out of time. Today. Tell someone today. So, oh, I like this. He quotes from Psalm 95. And do you know how he presents the quotation? David wrote it, but he said, as the Holy Spirit says, not said, as the Holy Spirit says, he's still speaking. Watch this, watch this. And then he begins to give an exposition on Psalm 95. And after I told, I taught you some time ago, I told you that four major points he covered on Psalm 95, exposition, warning, rebellion, uh, sin, and all. After the four major points. Now, he said we have to be careful lest we, be, we also fall, anyone falls in the same example. Then look at the next verse. That's where I'm going to end on. Look at the next verse. Verse 12 of Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 12 of Hebrews chapter 4. First word there is an interesting word. What's the first word there? I can't hear you. Four. I can't hear you. Four. Louder. Four. four connects what has just been said. All right. So four, therefore connects what has just been said to what is about to be said. Four connects what has just been said to what is about to be said. Therefore and four, what's the difference? Therefore connects what has just been said and it uses that as the platform for what must be done or what is about to be, so it becomes a platform. Four, connects what's about to be said, and what has been said, by what's about to be said, it becomes the platform for what has just been said. So four, because of this, that's why this. Therefore, because of this now, going forward. That, does, that, does that make sense? So he said, if you're a Christian for a while, you know this text. 
For the word of God is living. It's living. The, the Greek word living, Z-A-O, Zao. Zao, which means that it has life. It gives life. It's a water, like, like, like a water of life. Anywhere it goes. Or it's invigorating. It's active. Some versions you, it's active. It's not passive. It is, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Do you know what is quoting as the word? Psalm 95, which the Holy Spirit says. He said, this thing you are hearing, that is active. If you can, if you can get, give attention to it today, it's going to do something for you. It's going to do something for you. It's active. Say, so it's active. So, the word of God, as the Holy Spirit says, he's now quoting that this word that I've just been talking about, this word of God, this warning from God, this word is active, is powerful. Someone shout powerful. Powerful. Another word for powerful, the, uh, the original Greek word, it sounds like this, energies. Energy, it tells you what it is. Energies. Energies. So the Greek word energies also can be rendered operative. It does something. It gets something moving. It's like a battery. Put the battery in, it begins to send power inside the thing. Take the battery out, no. When you, when you put a potent battery in a system right, brightly, it begins to energize it. And he said, the word that you have heard, the word of God, is, it's active, it's not passive. It's active. And it's active, it's operative, it's powerful. It has power. All right? The word of God has power. Mm, what does that got to do? Because what you are hearing is not based on your strength. The word can... Um, your exposure to the, the word of God will empower you to fulfill God's word. Because the thing hits your system and you are not just the same. It hits your system and it stays in your, in your system. It, 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 it stays if you choose to live in the spirit, that's where we enjoy Christ. Now, this is interesting. If you choose to live in the spirit, the word then works effectively. But it's able to do some stuff. The word is powerful. Watch this. Put it on the screen again. I like this. It said, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Why a sword? Oh, watch this. Piercing even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit. Because you need to be in the spirit. But sometimes your soul is troubling you. You have left Egypt. You are in the wandering in the wilderness, in your mind, in the wilderness. That's why they were murmuring, they were complaining, they were all. So most of them, they fell in the wilderness. They were full of their souls. Remember the scripture I quoted, I think two days ago, in First Peter chapter two, verse eleven. He says that abstain from fleshly lusts. Abstain, I beg you. Hey, this is serious. I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fresh fleshly lusts, which was against your soul. Your soul, the three stages of salvation, your body, your soul, your spirit. It starts, it takes you out of your body, not that you are dead. He saves you so that you can win in the physical. And then you win in the soul. For put, therefore lay aside all filthiness. 
and superfluity of naughtiness. James 1.21, and receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your soul. Soul. Say soul. soul. Hey, he said the word of God is active, powerful, sharper than any two swords. And he says that piercing, okay, piercing even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit. It's not all. There's a lot. It's not all. I'll come back to the soul and spirit. But look, watch, watch this. And to the joints and marrow, joints and marrow, the marrow is in the bone. To get to the marrow, you have to pass through the bone or break the bone or get behind the joint, bring the joints into the bone. Something must be. So it's like the soul and the spirit. The spirit is buried in the soul. You must, we must break your soul. Your soul must be. But the word of God is able to break through your soul and get into your spirit. Watch this. Remember I told you the reason why, the reason why they fell is because when they heard the word of God, what did they do? They hardened their hearts. Their hearts were hardened. Put that back on the scripture, the scripture. 412, Hebrews 412. And it says that to the soul of us, and it is the designer of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. The heart is a problem. Ah, Pastor, now I have a question for you. What is the soul? What is the spirit? What is the heart? Where is my soul? Where is my spirit? It's at home. Where is my soul? Where is my spirit? Human beings are tripartite, three parts. Soul, spirit, and body. Because if the soul is the same as the spirit, he wouldn't have said able to divide between the soul and the spirit. So that means the soul is different from the spirit. The first Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, it says that, is that God sanctify you holy. But now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body. So you've got, you are a spirit, you've got a soul, you live in a body. There are three parts of you. And every of these aspects of your body must be taken care of. So in your body, you have world consciousness. In your spirit, in your soul, you have self-consciousness. In your spirit, you have God consciousness. You can't contact God out of your spirit. Outside your spirit. It's the spirit. So that is why church, we specialize. The main thing is the Christ here. We works on our spirit, works on our souls, and our bodies too must be taken care of. So if you don't eat well, you are killing the body. You can be a very good Christian, doing everything well, but if you don't eat well, you don't exercise, or you don't sleep, you don't, you know what I'm talking about, all the things that take care of the body, or you don't take a wash, it's going to have a problem. The body. If you expose yourself, doesn't matter how much tongues you speak, if you expose yourself irrationally to the cold weather, you will catch a cold. Because the body can't take it. The body. Right, must be taken care of. But the, when we talk about the body in this context, God has delivered us the three stages of God's salvation, full salvation. It's not just body as this body, but the, the, the flesh, the world, worldliness, living according to the world. So in our body, we contact the world. So if you don't take care, you'll be a Christian, and yet you are living like an unbeliever. 
There's no difference between you and the one in the world. Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, verse, verse 15, he said, love not the world. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Watch this. The next verse, he says that for, the, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not, after, it's not of the Father, but it's of the world. So if you love the world, you can't love God. It will affect your relationship with God. And there are Christians who live just in the world like unbelievers. Others who may not live like unbelievers, they will not live bad lives and stuff like that and oh, chasing what unbelievers say. But in their soul, they are, they are always full, full of complaining and issues and I'm not happy with this and God, why, why? Okay? And they are not allowing God's word to work on them. That's wandering in the wilderness. That's where we wander. But you have to enter the rest in your spirit. So some of you are worried and so troubled about so many things. Enter into your spirit, you have rest. But soul, so, so, the soul is the actual you. The soul. Let me prove it to you. Interesting. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Uh, Matthew chapter 16, verse 20. Is someone learning anything at all? Yeah. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Watch this. It says that Jesus, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny what? Let him deny what? Take up his cross and follow me. Okay? Let him do or deny himself. Take up his cross. In Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Luke 9.23, he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. All right, give me the King James. I prefer the King James. Because, okay, now go back to uh, Matthew chapter 24, uh, Matthew 16, 24. Let him deny himself. All right, the original Greek, one of them, Matthew chapter 24, was translated, let him deny his soul. So that soul is yourself. Does that make sense? Because we are, we are three parts. Soul, spirit, and body. Shall we all say that together? Now, how about the spirit? Oh boy. The spirit, your spirit is a spiritual organ that contacts God. You can't contact God outside of your spirit. That's why anyone who is not born again spiritually does not have the life of God and can't have fellowship with God. All right. So you can't contact God. God is John chapter 4. Watch this. I'm going to prove something to you. John chapter 4, verse 24. John 12, 24. Can we, is it possible we all read it from the screen? John 4, 24. Are you ready? Let's go. That's it. That's all. That's enough. One more time. One more time. What is God? Spirit. God is spirit. And that's why I said those who worship him must do it in spirit. You need your spirit to walk with God. You need your spirit to fellowship. And so some of us, we have read so many things, empowered our minds, empowered our, I, I want to know, I want to know. I want to know the type of different religions in the world. I want to know what these people believe. I want to know, no, 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 It's in your soul. You miss God in your soul. It's okay to know some things, but make sure that your spirit is being fed, your spirit is growing, because it takes your spirit to contact God. Your spirit is a spiritual organ. With which we fellowship with God. It's in the spirit. Look at Romans chapter 1, verse 9. Romans chapter 1, verse 9. I like that one. But from there we go to Romans chapter 8, verse 16. From there we go to 
First, second Timothy chapter. No, Romans chapter one verse nine says that for my uh, for God is my witness, whom I serve. Wow. Oh, okay. Who? How do I serve God? How do I serve God? I serve God with my spirit. The word of God is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of the of the soul and the spirit. Some of us we want to serve God, but the soul. I serve God with my spirit. Romans chapter 8 verse 16, he said, For the spirit of God bears witness with what? Our spirit. The spirit of God bears witness with our spirit. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 22, he said, that The Lord Jesus Christ beware. Spiritual thing. This is, that's why churches, it's not just about demons. No, 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 we're talking spiritual, we're talking about relationship with God because God is a spirit. If you don't read your Bible, you know what? You are malnourished, you are, you are stuffing your spirit. Most of us think we are, we are so tough, we are so disciplined. A lot of things you can't fulfill, you can't serve God in your soul because of your, that's what the religious guys do. I don't do this, I don't do this, I don't go here, I don't go here, I don't do this. I'm not a liar, I'm not a cheat, I'm not a this, I'm not a murderer. And so they think they've ticked all the bosses. No, the fact that you don't do that, and they are good, but doesn't make them, they, they don't have godliness because God is their spirit. Oh, I told you, I, I myself am enjoying this. If you don't enjoy this, it's up to you. But I'm enjoying this. Galatians 5:18. Let's already from the screen. Brethren. <laughs> One more time. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Your spirit. Share my spirit. In your spirit, you have God consciousness. That's why you have to, the gate, because your spirit is in your soul. And some things that are entering your soul blocks access to your spirit. And takes the word of God. That is sharp, it's able to break through, it's powerful. It breaks through your soul and enters your spirit. Other than that, you have a heart problem. Ah, so what's the heart then? Because your soul is made up of your, your emotions, your mind, which is your intellect, and your will. I will. I think it's your soul. I feel it's your soul. It's your soul. And your spirit. This may be a bit too deep. I just write it. It's okay. Your spirit has three components as well. There are a lot of threes. Even the tabernacle has the inner court, the outer court. The, the outer court, the inner court, and the holies of holies. The the body, the soul, and the spirit. And you know where God was in the temple? He was in the holies of holies. The inner, inner, inner one. That's why Jesus, ah, that's why he said, let us come boldly before the throne of grace. Where do you think the throne of grace is? It's in your spirit. That's another one, another one, another one, another one. It follows this text. Let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace. That we may, ah, so where? Am I traveling somewhere? No. How do I come? In the spirit. Boldly before the truth. Remember Hebrews chapter 6, verse, 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 verse 18, verse 18 and verse 19. I think so. Hebrews chapter 3, where it talks about the forerunner has entered by immediately. Verse 19. Go to verse 19 because I don't have time. Verse 19. This hope we have as an anchor uh, of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. Say behind the veil. Where is behind the veil? Go, go where the forerunner behind the veil. 
where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. So Jesus has entered behind the veil. He said, now let us also come before the... That's why he said in Hebrews chapter um, 4, verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but who was at every point, verse 15, at all point tempted, but without sins. Then look at the verse, verse 16, the, verse 16, verse 16, the, said, let us therefore, because we have a high priest, he's, get, he's gone there already, let us therefore come boldly into the, and where is Christ? In your spirit. Christ be with your spirit. It's in your spirit you can walk with God. That is where you can begin to enjoy the church rest. It's in your spirit. Spirit. Don't stay worldly, sister, brother. Stop staying wealthy. Even you can stay wealthy even though you are born again. So you just stop judging people by how you see them, whether they are born again because they are wealthy. They, someone can be born again and still be wealthy, and th- that one later they will miss the rapture and um, they, will be, they will go through the difficult. Hebrew tells us about punishment. Hebrew tells us about um, um, uh, 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 reward. Hebrew tells us about, about accountability. It tells us about the government of God. So go ahead and live the way you want to live, yeah. even though you are born again. It's a day of reckoning. The word of God. So, before I go further, so your spirit is a three, 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 three. Your spirit, the component of your spirit. You want me to tell you? Yeah. This one is deep. You won't hear it from a lot of places, but it's deep. Some of you say, well, it's too deep for us. So just write it at least. So you are not ignorant. He said, Pastor, I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you, you have to know. What's the component of your spirit? The component of your spirit is fellowship. That's why you have fellowship with God. Fellowship, intuition, and conscience. So your conscience is in your spirit. It's very interesting, isn't it? So the spirit of God speaks, ministers to us, speaks to our conscience. That's the, it pricks your conscience. So when you are not born again, you still have a spirit. But what you don't have, watch this, anyone who is not born again has the human spirit, but does not have fellowship. So the human spirit is dead. It's like no power. The life of God is what gives you fellowship. It gives, it gives your spirit life. So if you are not born again, you still have your human spirit. Which is, doesn't have the fellowship. Fellowship, there's no fellowship. But the, so the, what are the components of the human spirit? Fellowship, fellowship, fellowship intuition, and conscience. Intuition. The man of God said, hmm, I feel something. God spoke to me. I feel, that's intuition. That's where God drops things. Fellowship then ministers to your intuitions and your conscience. Which then impacts your soul, your decisions, your intellect, your thoughts, wow. your intentions. Get impacted by your spirit. When you empower your spirit, God begins to feed you from your spirit into your soul. Then it affects your, your actions. <laughs> hey! No, heart. So why the, where does the heart? Is it the blood pumping organ? No, when the Bible talks about the heart, because Hebrews chapter 4 verse verse 12 again. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. You notice that it mentions it? It says, okay, for, let's all read it together. Let's go. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of a soul and the spirit and the, of the joints and the marrow, and is a designer of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So the heart has thoughts. That's interesting. Thoughts. The heart has thoughts. It has intents, will. 
Which part of your body do you have your will and your thoughts? Your soul. Your mind is in your soul, so your mind is your thought. Soul. So that means that the soul is kind of a, a component of the heart. But that's not my subject today, so I don't want to go too far. But the, let me tell you what the heart, the, when we talk about the heart, the heart has to do with your soul and your conscience. So the heart kind of has four components. So the heart has will, emotion, mind, and conscience. Someone crying or shouting or rolling does not mean the person is in the flesh. If you don't take care, you may judge somebody. God will pick on you. Because you don't have what it takes. The only thing that helps the minister to know is when the word of God is not in place. Some people, there's a lot of noise, but they finish and they will fight you just now. They have bitterness. They have anger. They have, they are full of themselves. So all the shouting, really, the Lord was not probably ministering to them. Or they may take the administration and then, because some people today feel that if I come to church and people are jumping, let me also jump. I'm dancing, let me dance. But they are, the dancing is not from the spirit. They are just repeating what they used to do in the nightclub. They begin, they begin to, so you see, it's so easy to stay in the soul thinking that you are in the spirit. It takes the word of God to separate. <laughs> Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. The body. The soul, which is made up of your, um, your will, emotions, and your mind. And the spirit, which is made up of what? Your conscience, intuition, and fellowship. The fellowship is, those who are not born again, this part is not really active. This is where you get born again. That's why I said, Christ be with your spirits. It says that the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit. Intuition said that we are the sons of... You know something. It begins to let you know in your spirit. It all happens in your spirit. Your intu- you know. I know I'm a child of God. He bears witness with our spirit that we are. Yes. And if we are, we know. So you know something. Said if we pray according to his name, we know. Some, there are some knowledge that is not, is not soul. It's in the spirit. It, it has to do with your intuition. And then your conscience is what tells you that, no, you can't do this. No, no, but this is not right. It's the Holy Spirit ministering to you. This is not right. Now, what is your heart? Your heart is this, your soul and your conscience. So put that scripture on the screen again. Let me show you something. It says that, and it's a designer of the thoughts. Where are the thoughts? The thoughts is the mind. The thoughts and the intents, the will. Okay, it's a designer, able to, th- so the, your thoughts make, inform your intentions, and your intentions ex- express your thoughts. Of the, the, of the heart, that's why, instead if you don't take care, you will be hardened in your heart. Remember, yes. Hebrews chapter 11, and chapter 4, verse 11. Go to verse 11, go from verse 11, back, 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 just back up, back up, back up. Let us therefore be diligent, let uh, to, uh, diligent to enter the rest, lest any fall after the same example of disobedience. Verse 7. All right, today, if you hear God, today, if you hear His word, do not harden your heart. And the word is able to clear, make a clear distinction between your soul, your, 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 yeah, your soul and your spirit. 
but it affects your heart. So all this is in your heart. Yeah, yeah. My heart is clean. My heart is, oh, you know, I meant it from my heart. You need the word of God. <laughs> you need the word of God to separate because the, an aspect of your spirit is part of your heart. It takes the word of God to actually break and sh- separate your soul from your spirit and working in your heart. So your heart is being worked on and still your soul and your spirit are not mixed together. And which word are we talking about? Today, as the Holy Spirit says, do not harden your heart. Very interesting. Uh, too, Pastor, this is too deep. It's not really deep. It's just trying to explain something. Because there, there are too many soulish and fleshly Christians. Worldly Christians. Some of you know them. Some of you, before you became born again, look at some of the people you knew, your colleagues or your, your sister, and they're speaking to us. And they are so hateful. And they are so... If, if this God Christianity, about, I don't like it. Or some of them, you, you see them, every time they are going to church, they are crying. But afterwards, they go to their boyfriend. They go to their boyfriend and go for a session. Or they go to their girlfriend and go and... I mean... Uh, is it possible that such a person is not born again? Yes. Is it possible that such a person is born again? Yes. So you can be born again. Born again is not in the flesh. It's in the spirit. John 3, 6. Let's put it there. Let me change it. That, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. And born again, born again happens in verse 3. Go back to verse 3. Back, back, back John 3, 3. Except a man is born again. Except a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Verse 4, quickly, move with me. Verse 4, Nicodemus said, how can I be born? How can a man, when he's old, a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb? There's the next verse. The next verse says that, he says, and the most assuring says, unless a one born of the water of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. The next verse, that which is born of flesh is flesh. That is what, so he's talking about born again. And the born again is in the spirit thing. So don't be talking about the flesh. So there are people who are born again, but if you don't live by your spirit, if you don't live in the holies of holies, if you don't come before the throne of grace, I'm going to show you the next time we continue on this message, the throne of grace is the same throne in heaven, Revelation chapter, chapter 4, where it said that I saw him that sat on the throne. The throne of grace is a come. And the throne of grace is there and yet is here too. That's why you need the word of God to separate, dividing the soul and spirit and the and of joints and marriage. That's the physical. Joints and marriages that but separate soul. The way that you can you can separate how many of you like the marrow? Some of you like marrow. Depending on where you grew up, you like the marrow, it's inside the bone. But you need to crack the bone to have the marrow. You need to crack. Crack the soul, crack the soul to get to the spirit because your spirit is a spiritual organ to contact God. It's your organ. Your spirit is an organ. It's a spiritual organ by which we contact God, by which we have relationship to God, with God, by which we have fellowship. Christ be with your spirits. Oh, man. <laughs> Someone shout hallelujah. hallelujah. If you are not born again, your spirit is there. You are completely in Egypt. Egypt 
It's sad to say, even though some people have been brought out of Egypt, they still live in Egypt. Mm, that's the worldly guys. They still live in Egypt. And they have not even bothered going to the Canaan land. And others too are still wandering in the wilderness. The wilderness. That's where the many people die. Many Christians are in the wilderness. So soulish. And they don't even pray. They don't care about prayer. They don't read the Bible. There are Christian leaders who don't pray. They don't read the Bible. What is it? It's all, it's all in the mind. They, they've studied things. That empower your mind. So at best, they end up become motivational. I'm saying a lot of things. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Soul, spirit, and body. The word of God is zao. That's life, active, living, sharp, active, living. And then is zao and is energies. Operative. You enter your system, it will be working for you. It will be working for you. It's not just healing. No. It's just, you see, what you need is not, it's not just your body. Most of us are always body-centered. I need healing. I need money. I need husband. I need wife. I need car. I need job. That's body-centered. That's why some people are looking for husbands, yet they are not ready for husbands. Even their soul is so messed up. You want someone to kill him. Looking for a wife, your soul is so messed up. So God will answer the prayer because he wants to protect somebody. Because you are a danger zone. Because hazardous material. You are, you are full of the soul. You are full of envy. You are full of bitterness. You are full of arrogance. You are full of yourself. Me, 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 and my own and myself. I'm called Jimmy. It's just me, 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 me. It's just you. And you are just wanting. So even when we come to church and the message is trying to get you into the spirit, not just even your soul, so be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So you can transform, you get transformed by God is working on our souls, okay? The word of God is able to, because it's the fleshly last that wars against your soul. You are at war, whether you like it or not. Once you are a believer, you are at war. You are at war. Uh, you are at war against gorillas. Gorilla, gorilla warfare. Militia, fighting against the, from the last of the flesh, fighting against your soul, warring against, oh God, you need the word of God to empower your spirit so you can reign here and conquer every desire of the flesh. <laughs> Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Is someone getting something? Yeah. I love God's word. When you, we come to church, our chief purpose, our chief aim, is to build your spirit. Yeah. That's, that, that's the job of a pastor, not to cast out devils. Because anyone with a built spirit can just deal with demons easily. And then they go. And when you're screaming and screaming and screaming, your spirits are not built. So then you have to outsource that responsibility to someone who is a man of God, a prophet, powerful man of God. But the word of God is powerful. Get it into your heart, you'll be doing the job yourself. Amen. This is not religion, it's a spiritual reality. I know God. Jesus is alive, he's with me in my spirit. He's with you in, our, in your spirit. That's what makes us one body. God is the same Jesus, the same heaven on earth, it's inside you. Oh, so that's why I say, come boldly before the throne of grace. 
Thank you for listening. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Why don't you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Caris Church and subscribe to our podcast so you are always up to date. Be blessed.